This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Tim Flynn. Tim Flynn is a martial arts instructor. He has been studying martial arts since 1994. He first became interested in martial arts after he saw the Karate Kid movie when he was a young boy. Just like Daniel in the Karate Kid movie, he was bullied from second grade all the way through high school. Because of this, Tim grew up with zero confidence. After leaving his prestigious job of 10 years at the Mayo Clinic, he decided that he would open up his own martial arts studio, Kato Karate. His mission is to help build confidence in as many kids as possible. In addition, for the past two years, Tim has immersed himself into studying child development and learning the basics of science and psychology of children and focusing on how they learn. Tim, welcome. It is so great to have you here on the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, me too. And without further ado, I would love to dive into what our song choice is for today. So, Tim, what song best resonates with the story you're going to tell us today? Can I get a drum roll, please? One Vision by Queen. One Vision by Queen. Amazing. Amazing. What in it? I actually wasn't completely familiar with the song prior to this. And that's what I love about this podcast. It's, it really encourages me to listen to music that I may have missed along the way or I may not have remembered, right? And what I loved about this song is, number one, just to put it out there, it's from 1985. So this is Queen's song, One Vision from 1985. And then also this is, was on there. There was a single first and then it went on to their album, Kind of Magic in 1986. Now, this song, what I loved about it, you know, was that it was inspired by Martin Luther King and yep. Jr. And, uh, recount, and it was about recounting a man's battle of overcoming the odds. And I know you're going to share with us how this song resonates with you, but I did a little trip down, you know, memory lane and looked it up in Wikipedia. And I thought like, wow, what a powerful message this song has. Now, this particular song was actually a collaboration with the band. So every single person, every single member in the band had pretty much equal contribution. So the challenge with that was that there was, since there was no really sole credit for this, the challenge was that nobody had final say. So you can imagine, you know, 
Freddie Mercury, like everybody in the band, you know, saying, okay, so, you know, that creative process, but then like, who's going to, at the end of the day, where's the buck stop? And who's going to say this song is done and ready, you know, when all four are equally as invested in the song. And it ended up being the song, it was like the perfect song they said to open up a concert. So that was like their opening song at the Queen concert. So well done. Love the song you chose. Yes. And actually, I never heard this song until about a year ago, almost a year ago. I think the song chose me. And I'll talk more about that here in a bit. Yes. But um, if you go on YouTube, you can watch them make this song. There's like a 15 minute video on YouTube and then work on the song together. And it's really, it's really interesting. Oh, wow. I want to yeah. see that for sure. All of us, you guys, we already have our marching orders and we haven't even gotten to our action item, which was we all need to watch this being made because it is, I mean, to watch those creative geniuses together, that would be really something interesting. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It's like 15 minutes. It's, it's really good. Wow. Oh, Easy I to really... find. Just type in One Vision by Queen on YouTube. Yes. And pop, I think it's like one of the first videos that pops up. Super. I will do that. So, Tim, I know you're coming to us from Minnesota. And, you know, I'd love our audience to hear your story. Yes. So what happened with this song is, like I said, around November... I have a good friend out in, out in Hollywood, California, named Eric the Trainer. And I went out there back in November to surprise him. I've been working out with him online for about a year. And then a few of us were going to go out there to surprise him. And life for some, with the other people kind of fell through. So it ended mm-hmm. up being just me. So I surprised Eric the Trainer. And then during some downtime, me and him had some good, some, some good deep talks. That's, that's the way he is. He likes to get to know you and give you ideas. And he goes, Tim, you should do this online. And I'm like, man, I did Zoom online for like a year through, through the pandemic. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> so yes. I kind of just brushed it off. But then right around that time, I kept hearing this song, One Vision on Pandora. I kept playing. So there's this thumbprint radio. So the songs that you kind of like, it'll kind of suggest songs for you. Yes. And I kept hearing that song over again. I kept having Eric saying, Tim, you should really do online. And then one morning I woke up. I'm like. I know how to do this. I know exactly how to run an online program. That's not the way I ran it back during the pandemic. So, wow. And it's like, I listen to this song, like, okay, this is, this is how it's going to work. Because what is my core mission here in my own school before mm-hmm. I go nationwide? My own school is I want to help kids build confidence. I want to help prevent bullying. And it starts with kids. And then we kind of think of that, think of that song. It's like, okay, this song is kind of motivating me to do this. To do this work, even though online is going to take up more time. I got to plan out another class now. I got to try to find a time to squeeze this in already my full, my full evening classes. So there's a little work that needs to be done. And I, I got that figured out now. So it, it's, it's kind of weird. Like the song chose me and I kept playing on my playlist over and over again. So now t- to the point I have it downloaded on my, on my phone, just listen to whenever. Yeah. But, I've had songs, I haven't had another song do that to me as well. Before I started Kato Karate, I was in a, it was in a church running my school out of an old Catholic school classroom of 600 square feet. Yes. And my friend, he was a, he, he's a business coach. He was my former boss. I used to run a snap fitness in North Mankato, Minnesota, and he was training me how to run a business. And then he sold this business. I went back to Mayo Clinic for a bit. But he came to me and says, Tim, what's your goal with Kato Karate? I go, well, I want to get, I want to get to 100 kids. 
And he goes, well, you can't do that here. You need to go commercial. And I was, I was scared. I'm like, well, that's more money. And then during that time, I heard another song come on from the band called For King and Country. And it was, at the, it was the epilogue of the song. Mm-hmm. I kept hearing this. It was, called, um, it was called Run Wild. So the quote is, run wild to risk everything, to hold nothing back, to lay it all on the line. Your reputation, your success, your comfort. It's that moment when fear is overcome by faith. So I took the wow. jump. Like, okay, I can do this. Wow. Like, so I'm gonna, I, I kept hearing these certain songs. I'm like, okay. So whether you're a Christian or not, I was like, okay. I'm being talked to through music. I'm going to go, I'm going to just, I can't afford to go commercial, but I did it anyways. And now I'm doing just fine. Yes. Yes. Clearly. Because you, it's it's so scary. So scary. And wow. I mean, what an incredible journey you've had. And you know, that's what I love about music because really music, I think what you're speaking of is music is a metaphor. And when we, you know, there are so many things that we have running in our brains at all times, things that we're thinking about. And, you know, what music does, I find, is that it really, and there there is science behind this, is that, you know, it really broadens your perspective. So it can, music is is a vehicle in which we can express ourselves or have deeper thoughts. You know, when what we can't articulate, we can through song, or we can imagine it or explain it through music or through a lyric. Like you said, that lyric, I mean, can you say it to me one more time? Like that last yeah. part of that last lyric about, yep. say it again, because I just could not believe like it was so profound. Yeah. So the last part of the epilogue is, says, it's that moment when fear is overcome by faith. Wow. Yes. I mean, that that's, says so much. It, it really yeah. does. And we're going to talk about strengths later, but you've got spirituality up there. So you have a deeper meaning, a deeper purpose to what you do. And I would love to, you know, since we are talking about your story, I'd love for you to share with us your journey. I mean, you have such a beautiful space audience. I had the pleasure of getting ready to, you know, getting to see his space and we'll give you a little uh, visual in a little bit. But I just wanted to say like, what an amazing space that you have, Tim, to help these children and to inspire these children. And I'd love to hear your journey to this. Because I, I read that and I thought it was profound. And I think that our audience will as well. Yeah. So starting around second grade, I was bullied a lot in school. And I, I can remember the very first time I was bullied. My parents were poor and they got a box of clothes to their doorstep. And I was so excited to have new clothes to wear for once. So I wore this Chicago Browns sweater, which I would never wear these days because I'm a Vikings fan. <laughs> Ah, yes, of course. Second, second grade, I didn't know what football was. <laughs> but to me, it was a brand new shirt. I went to school wearing it. And then a kid at the lunch table told another kid, that's my old shirt. And it oh. just went downhill from there. I mean, oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. I was a poor kid. I, you know, nobody wanted to be friends with a poor kid. And all throughout high school, I didn't have the coolest looking clothes. The, my parents didn't have the best cars. No, it, w- it wasn't good. My parents lived off of government assistance. I was bullied. They had their own stresses. So I didn't try to, you know, tell them about my problems because they had their own problems. Wow. The bullying really picked up around, you know, with kind of kind of with every other kid around junior high, you know, then it really oh, ramps up. Brutal. So 
And it ended around 11, I can't remember if it was 11 or 12th grade it ended because I did a martial arts demonstration for Phi Ed and that's pretty much stopped the bullying after that. (laughs) But I was interested in martial arts when I saw the Karate Kid movie for the very first time because Ralph Macchio was the poor kid. He didn't have the best things and he got picked on. He learned martial arts to get out of bullying. So I thought, well, that's what I need to do. I need to learn karate. And my parents can afford it back when I was little. I didn't get into martial arts until 1994. I was 14 years old when I had a paper route. And back then, martial arts was like 40 bucks a month. So my paper route paid me 50 bucks a month. So Perfect. I was you able have 10 to, extra. Yeah. So I was able to pay for martial arts through my paper route back then. And then after high school, I was like working with people. I became a nurse aide. I was a nurse aide for, man, I don't know, so many years. Back in 2000, I started being a nurse aide. My wife at that time, well, my girlfriend at that time, now wife, got me into nursing. And I loved working with people. It was different every day. You're able to connect with people. And then when we moved, I got into back to Mankato. I worked for the Mayo Clinic for the longest time. I became an endoscopy technician. Wow. And, and, but even working as an endoscopy technician, as an endoscopy tech, you were pretty much the search tech with, with the doctor. Even though I'm not a licensed search tech, I'm an endoscopy technician. Mm-hmm. So when there's a big case in the overnights, you know, where someone's possibly dying, you had to go there and try to help the doctor save that guy's life. But that didn't ever fulfill me. I like, okay, you save the person, you help save a guy's life. But mm-hmm. I still felt like my life didn't have no meaning to it yet. I didn't, right. Something was still missing. And I was right. a personal trainer for a while for Snap Fitness. That's how I met my first uh, friend, business mentor that I ever met for the first time, Jason Lindsay. And it's like, okay, I love working with people, but still, I went back to martial arts at the end of the day. I went back. I love working with kids. For one, kids don't usually complain about you. So (laughs) kids are easier to work with than adults. Yes. (laughs) And with kids, you can see that instant change in them as well, too. Yes. Yes. So true. And I imagine you just see their emotional well-being, you know, shift before your eyes. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. Yes. And, you know, and you get that and the parents will tell you that as well. Oh, my child has done so much better since we've done this. And then what happened, I I used to be like more of a hardcore martial arts school because you're not teaching martial arts the way it was taught back in the old days. Your school is not a real martial arts school. What I found out is uh, parents, kids don't like that. It's a new generation of kids. They, that's not what they want. So I would have kids drop out, but I had this one girl, her name was Lexi, who came to me, kind of similar situation as me, not as far as lifestyle, but as being bullied. She was bullied to the point where she couldn't go back to school anymore. Mm-hmm. She had to do online school, but um, her parents you know, told me that her confidence had grown so much since she's been learning martial arts through me. And then I took it a step further, got educated in child development, try to figure out the science of all of this because I'm a guy who needs to see proof of things. Like, how is this working? Because if I don't understand how this works, how can I explain to a parent how this works? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I joined this program called Skills. It's a child development martial arts program. It's worldwide. There's actually some skills schools in the UK, closer to you, out there yeah. as well. And they specialize. Like we, like, we forget about the martial art. We don't care about the martial art anymore. We care about child development. We want to improve your kid physically, intellectually, emotionally, and socially. Yes. But we're going to use martial arts as a, as a tool to get them there. But I'm not going to test them on that martial arts skill. I'm going to test them based on 
did they improve physically, emotionally, intellectually, or socially? And we take those measurements on day one. Wow. Wow. And are you putting this into a study? We actually had to do case studies. I'm working on my certification. So the name is called Pediatric Ninja Specialist. Oh, that's amazing. Worldwide. So our second year, we had to do case studies. And I wow. did a few case studies. And what I found out, a lot of it, if you teach the parents, the kid learns so much faster. Mm-hmm. So we have this program called Parent Skills. I was just actually on my local news talking about parent skills. As a martial oh, arts wow. school, not even talking about martial arts, talking about parent skills, how to get your kids to do chores. <laughs> uh, but we found out if you give the parents the right tools, and if you show the parents, this is how I work with your kid on the mat, yeah. you teach the parents how to do that at home, then not, now the kid has consistency. Yes. He's, he's expected to do this on the mat, and he goes home. The parents are teaching like us at home as well. So now there's consistency. Now we just got to hope that the school does that too. Brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I could really learn from that you know, just about that consistency and chores and, and things like that. Yeah. That's really raising two, two kids, two boys, you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. think we all can learn from that. And wow, that's what an incredible journey you've had, you know, just, and you bring so much of your life story into your work, you know, when you're you know, working with the kids, becoming nationwide, bringing your message, you know, nationwide is incredible and how lucky we are that you're doing this, you know? And so thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said earlier, before we did this, this interview, it's like kind of like, like my life experiences. It's once you had that experience, you've been through what that kid's been through. You can relate so much better and you understand what that kid's going through it's easier to teach that kid as well. Like, okay, this is how we got to do it now because I've been there. Yes. What advice could you give us if, you know, our son or daughter is being bullied at school? What would be maybe, you know, one or two things that should be done first? First of all, we need to make sure it's bullying because sometimes it's just kids being mean kids. So ask the child what is happening. If he said, Johnny pushed me out of the way or, you know, that's not bullying, that's just being mean. Yes. If it's something consistent where they're being targeted, then there's an issue. I see. First of all, the parents need to tell their kids, the parents need to kind of give their kids permission of what they need to do at school first. Mm-hmm. Some parents are different. Some parents are like, well, you better fight this bully. Um, yes. I teach my kids, <laughs> if you can get away, you go tell the teacher because then you're both getting in trouble. Right. But it starts with, I know kids call it, it's, it's tattling. But you really got to go talk to the teacher about it. Yeah. And the school's not going to do nothing about it. Then you got to do whatever, whatever you got to do to make your means necessary. But get your kid into a program that can improve their confidence. Because for some reason, that kid's now being a target of bullying. He could, we don't know what our kids are like in school. My kid's totally different. At, I have four girls. Uh-huh. And I know they're totally different at home than they are in yes. school because I hear about it. <laughs> so like, my You're right. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the first in kindergarten. I, I said to the teacher, I said, you know, how is, he, how is my son doing? You know, it was Jeffrey. I said, you know, he's really shy. And they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and they're like, he's not shy. <laughs> it's, but it's so true. Like kids yeah. at school are totally different than what you might see them with, you know, other friends or you might see them out, you know, in other social environments. So, but it's so yeah. true. And the beauty about martial arts is that 
I think I believe martial arts is one of the only, if you want to call it a sport or activity, where it doesn't utilize the skills that your kid already has, like baseball or hockey or soccer. If you're good at playing those sports, you get to play a, you get to play in a game. In martial arts, we develop these skills for these kids to use later on in life. So there's a difference nice. between two different sports. So get your kid involved in some sort of activity that's going to increase their confidence where they can go and have a small community of support. Cause every kid in my school is friends with each other in my school. They get their own small community. And yeah. I think that's what gets kids excited to come back every day to martial arts as well, because they're not sitting on the bench off the side because we all know that kid stinks at playing baseball. He's going to sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. Martial arts, everyone's participating no matter what level you are. Yes. Yep. Wow. I love that. That's so true. Wow. It's so interesting. So fascinating. Now, I'd love to hear, you know, you did share how this song really chose you and you really went into detail earlier about that. Is there anything else about the song and your story from childhood on up, you know, that resonates with you? It's just that if you have a dream, you want to get it done. No one's going to do this dream for you. Mm hmm. It's just you. You got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I have to go find out. I have to go out and network with people. Who do I know that can help me along? Now, I'm not saying I can do it by myself. I have to pull the trigger to get stuff done. Yes. And no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to say, okay, Tim, this is how you can do KO Karate Online. No, you got to figure that out yourself. If you want to change the world, you want to try to help end bullying, you know, no one's going to do it for you. So one man, one vision. Okay, that's my vision about myself. Mm-hmm. I'll reach out to who I know who can help me out to get to where I want to be in my goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. That networking. And then also, you know, looking at it from overcoming the odds. So yep. for you as a young poor child in a school, you know, now had a prestigious job at Mayo Clinic, you know, one of the best hospitals in the country and, you know, probably world as well. Yep. And then also, you know, then launching this huge business and, and having that leap of faith to do that. I can hear that from the song as well. Yeah. And going this new business adventure, I still have my, my Kale Karate in Mankato, Minnesota, but now I'm going nationwide. So it's like, are people going to like me outside of my small community? Mm-hmm. We're doing this huge event in October for National Bully Month in Los Angeles. And oh, I'm with celebrities. And there's all these people that people, all these people on this flyer are well known, but then there's me. I, I'm a nobody basically out there. Who, who am I? But it's my job to go out there and teach kids out in LA how to stand up against bullying. Amazing. Amazing. And first off, I can't imagine anyone not liking you or wanting to learn from you just you know, off the bat. And then I know you're just going to go out there to LA and you know, as, as intimidating as those experiences are, channeling that that uh, amazing karate in your whole history because this is you're an expert in this space. It's like lived experience for you and you've kind of cracked the code on this really tough subject. Yep. And I did it with I did it with help though too. I had a lot of help. I talked to a lot of people. I asked what what I learned if you need help with something, you have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I asked for help how to do this, how to do that, what should I do? But then for, for me, without, without having a confidence issue, because my confidence, being bullied in school still ruins your confidence today. It's really hard yeah. to still believe in yourself. 
And every now and then I get this voice in my head, what makes you so special when there's other, when there's thousands of schools around the world that are doing the same thing that you're doing? Like what makes you so special doing that? This guy can do it better than you. So you have to try to fight all these voices in your head saying, well, I am Tim. These are my experiences. I lived it. I lived it. I know how to help kids not to experience that as well. I don't know what their experience was. Yeah. So it's kind of like Cobra Kai. You watch yes. the new Cobra Kai series? I love Cobra Kai. We didn't know Johnny's childhood until it was like around season three that his mom didn't really pay attention to him. He had a really yeah. rough life. So we don't know what goes on with some of these people. So we don't know what their experiences are. Same thing like with me. Yeah, there may be a really cool instructor over maybe out in LA who can do this job better than me, but maybe he had a better life than I did. He didn't have to deal with this or didn't have the same lived experience in the same yes yeah, from so that perspective I have, I have to pull back and eric the trainer he's one of those guys like he goes well you're tim flynn exactly oh, well they don't have said. Tim flynn. yeah yes yes you are you and yeah and i you do amazing things and and uh i'm super excited for this for you i can't wait to to see it on social media because i'd love to be there i, I do miss la sometimes <laughs> especially is it was our first gray day here in Switzerland for a while. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is what gray is. But you're going to have an amazing time in sunny California. That's for sure. Yeah. Once they get out of the LAX area, it'll be a good, it'll be all good to go. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So this is the part of the show where we talk about your strengths. And thank you, Tim, for taking the VIA Strengths Assessment. And if you don't mind, I'll uh, read off your, you know, your top 10, and then we can talk about how some of these resonate with your story or, you know, and also how, you know, how you felt about the VIA strengths and did you find them to be quite accurate? So the VIA strengths folks, just a real quick rundown on it. The VIA strengths assessment developed developed by Seligman and Peterson is a free assessment that you can do online. It's all rooted, it's rooted in positive psychology. And these are 24 character strengths that we all have. When you take the assessment, it will be ranked. You'll have things ranked in order. Your top, usually three to seven strengths are your signature strengths. So those really are who you are to your core. And I have taken the uh, assessment myself a couple of times, and I will say that they are spot on and they really don't shift the top signature strengths. They may swap positions, but they really, your top 10 is generally your top 10 and it, it typically stays that way. So, but they just might swap spots based on yeah. on how you're using them. So, with that in mind, Tim's strengths, if you don't mind me sharing them, Tim, is fairness, honesty, spirituality, judgment, forgiveness, kindness, perseverance, social intelligence, love of learning, and hope. And what an amazing top 10 you've got. Thanks. Fairness kind of threw me off because fairness, I think, can be a double-edged sword sometimes mm-hmm. because as far as the business aspect of it, I used to run my business by my first year thinking like, well, I can't change this because it won't be fair to my students, but yes. at the same time, it's going to better them. So fairness, that skill can kind of mess with your head a little bit though too because you can think too far into it because you want to try to please everybody. I still see that. That's still my top one. Like that is me because I'm always trying to please everybody. But I need to learn to, you know, take care of myself first in the process as well. Yeah, exactly. 
And and really, it's about pro-social behavior and equal opportunity for all. And, you know, but not at the expense of your own, you know, health and well-being. Right. So but fairness, I mean, what an amazing thing to have as a sunsai. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's um, and I said it properly. Right. Sunsai. Yeah. People just call me Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim. Yes. Okay. Well, I've been watching too much Cobra Kai, clearly. But, you know, clearly with this, you know, fairness, I can see that, you know, really working well in your business. Yeah, because we're one thing with kids, like I said, we, we do this evaluation when they come in. You know, we, we have like every kid's got eight different skills in different age groups. So five, six-year-olds, seven, nine, 10 to 14, they all have eight different skills. I can't judge one kid from another kid. So I say I have two yellow belts. One yellow belt is going to look better than this yellow belt. That's fine. Where did this yellow belt start off physically, but where did this yellow belt start off emotionally? Did they improve in that area? So I have to grade them on based on that improvement. So a lot of people want to look at martial arts as, as a physical aspect, but that's not true because the physical aspect of martial arts is just like one part of it. It's a whole child. Absolutely. So you have to judge based on all four of those things to have those kids advance in rank. And that's what I do in my school. And I think that's why parents love it because your kid doesn't have to be, the, you know, the best athlete in my school to get a black belt. Now you might get those people say, oh, you give out black belts. Well, no, I don't. These kids still have to, they still have to improve these areas, mm-hmm. but they may not physically look like a black belt that you expect them to look like that you see on TV. Right. Right. And I love how you're, it's really graded on the individual. And, and that's how, what an important life lesson, because we're all given these strengths, right? And, yep. and really, if we, we stop and look at the individual, you know, and where they shine, you know, and yes, maybe you're, let me just give you an example, like in the fitness industry, you know, I was in the fitness industry for 25 years. And, you know, while I was fit, you know, I am fit. I wasn't a supermodel. You know what I mean? I didn't look like others that may have looked the part wholeheartedly, right? You know, there were times in my life I looked the part and then, you know, I had kids and, and there were times I didn't. And there were times, you know, people watched me as I, as I navigated my own fitness. However, at the end of the day, I was a fitness instructor and what I could do was teach really, really well. I could teach to anyone in the room. And then that's, that's what matters most, right? And it's what you can do on an individual level. Everyone's different. What's unique about my school is I have instructors that aren't even black belts. You know, one of my instructors right now, he's a brown belt, but he started working for me as a yellow belt because he's good with kids and he's going to be, he's, he graduates college in two years as if uh, he's going into um, physics education. He wants to teach physics to um, kids. He wants to be a school teacher. So he you knows this environment for him just works for him. And I can teach him the physical aspect of martial arts. That's easy. You can do that to anybody. But you, you can't teach, you can't teach talent. You, you can't teach someone to like working with kids. That's something you can't teach. They have to have that. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, really good point. Now, honesty, I could hear honest in you pretty much throughout this entire podcast. You know, I would, you know, you are very honest and you're humble and, you know, and that's humility. But you've got, I will say that, you know, with honesty, I, I wonder honesty is also being honest with yourself. And I wonder when you were making a career choice, you know, being brave, taking that leap of faith when you started your karate school, 
I'm, you know, I'm wondering, like, did you have that honest moment with yourself where you had a long career, you know, in the nursing, you know, at, at Mayo? Like, what was that moment where you made that decision? And was it, do you feel that it was honesty that came out? Yeah, I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I should have been happy because I had, there's people at my place of work that would give anything to have the job where I have because we had good hours with no weekends, unless you're on call. But it's just, it just didn't do it for me. It's like, okay, right. great. You know, this is every day is not really the same. Everything's, you know, everyone's got something new. When people get cancer, we find cancer in people. We, we save people's lives on the table. So you're like, whatever. But it's like, you know, this is not, I'm not happy. I can't see myself doing this for the next, you know, 40 years. Right. I need something. I need something that's going to make me happy. Yeah. But the problem is about working for yourself. There's no, you're, you're never guaranteed a paycheck. And I have a family of four. Yes. What has things go south? But you can't think that way. You got to think, well, that's not going to happen. This is going to happen. This is where I'm going to be. Yes. Yes. And obviously, you know, your life has shown that, you know, through all the twists and turns, it always happens for you. You know, you know how to, you land, uh, you land on your feet, right? Yes. There's always some kind of roadblock. Nothing ever goes perfect. Yes. Uh, we like the event for October was originally planned for August. We had to push that back. Stuff were popping up. Things were lining up in place. I was getting frustrated. Yeah. Like, you know, we have to do this. I already told people we're going to do this. We have to do this. But right. you know, I, I go back to my, my small network of people who support me and we come up with a, a, a solution and we make it happen. So hopefully in four weeks, it, it, it pulls off just fine. Yes. And yeah. uh, yes, yes, and it, it will. I'm very excited. I can't wait to, I can't wait to see, see it. All right. So spirituality is your third. And that came through earlier on when you were talking about really the meaning and purpose in your work and uh, how important that is to you. Um, how else for spirituality? Just being a good person. Just don't cause trouble. I guess I, I'm worried about my people may say, okay, there's the life after death. I want to, when I die, I want to be known for something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be not known for anything else. There's this other Beatles song that, that comes to my mind. Now, for some reason, all these songs start coming, coming to my playlist. There's yes. this Beatles song called Eleanor Rigby. Have you heard oh, of yeah, it? I love that. Of course. Yes. So the verse yes. goes, Eleanor Rigby died in a church and was buried with her name. I'm like, how horrible is that? Mm-hmm. Like you die and people forget about who you are. Right, right. I don't want that for myself. And it's about legacy. Be, yes, it's about I legacy. want I want to have an impact on the world. Right. Right. I don't and, want that. Yes. And I mean you can see already, you know, all the kids that you inspire, you know, and that's your legacy is already it's here, you know. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So then you know, you've got forgiveness, uh, judgment, which is important. And I imagine even looking back to your nursing career, it's really important judgment, making those decisions and things like that, you know, that you had to make quick decisions, right? Yep. And so with that, that's judgment. And, you know, we had an amazing cardiologist on, you know, a couple of years ago for Heart Health Month and judgment was in her top. And I was like, absolutely. Anyone in the medical field, you want, you know, that person who's not going to be biased, right? And, uh, and be able to make those quick decisions, you know, already weighing everything, you know? Correct. Yes. I was surprised by judgment because 
when I think of judgment, I think of someone judging you. It's like, right. No, I'm not that person, but I, I am the type of person that will be like, okay, I have an idea now. I know how to do it. I'm just gonna go do it. Yes. And deal with yes. the deal with the obstacles later on. Let's just go do it. It might drive my wife insane. I put her through a lot these past few years of changing yeah. things, doing things. <laughs> yes, through thick and thin. <laughs> yes. That's that's amazing. And then you obviously have kindness, you have forgiveness, kindness, perseverance. You can hear the perseverance that you've had from youngster, you know, all the way to now and social intelligence, love of learning. You love to learn. You're taking the skills, you know, you continue your education regularly. You want to know the science behind things. You want to know why this worked. And then you've got hope and that's optimism. You know, that's, yeah. and, uh, and I think that goes around, all along with, you know, not losing faith. And like you had said, you know, I just have to do it. You know, I'm, I'm going nationwide. It's going to take a big gulp, you know, and just go dive in and say, okay, let's do this. And sure enough, things are, I mean, you're going to LA to promote your business. You know, you are nationwide. Yes. Yes. So very exciting. So this is the part of the show where I'd love to talk a little bit about, you know, an action item, a takeaway for our audience, and then also how they can get a hold of you. And if they want their children to also take karate with you uh, online. And so, yeah. So let's start with the first part, which is an action item for our audience. Yes. Just be positive in your worst situations. Just because it's bad right now, there's most likely a learning opportunity to be held there. And you may not get the answer today or tomorrow. It may come to you like in two years. Like for me, when I was being bullied, I am 42 years old now. It took me 40 some years to figure it out. Yeah. I went through this. I had to know it. In order to teach this. Yeah. Now it's starting to make sense. Like, okay, this is what my life was. I couldn't teach how to prevent bullying if I wasn't bullied myself or understand how kids, how kids feel. Right. You know, so now I know now I can use that to my advantage and yeah. spin a certain and, and make my life a lot better, even though it was a dark area back when I was younger. Yes. And you have that social intelligence too. You have the knowledge of yourself, you know, but then you also understand the children on a, on a deeper level. Yes. Yeah. Really cool. Great. We have our marching orders team, you know, we, we have to not sweat the small stuff, you know, don't let things, you know, eat you up. And then, like you said, just learn how it happened and what you can do moving forward. Correct. And we can all learn from that. And I think that that's something uh, uh, in reflecting on, you know, tr transitions that I've had moving here to Switzerland, you know, yeah, we, I mean, there have been some obstacles along the way. And I just tell myself, I'm like, listen, this is a really tough time. And I'm not in the comfort of my country of US and not in the comfort of my home. And I don't have my, you know, my incredible network that I had there. But it's like, okay, you, you've got this. And then, you know, on the other side of this, you're going to have so many things that you learned and you know, you're going to have so many things that made you stronger because of it. And that's kind of like my self-talk, you know, in those moments, you know, because, um, you know, with any transition, you know, whether it be your business, like for you, your business, or for me, this incredible move, you know, it's just how you can learn from those challenges. Correct. Really nice. So 
lastly, can we talk a little bit about, oh, this is going to be fun, guys. You know, especially my Gen Xers out there, we're going to have a really good time right now. Was there a particular, let me ask you this, was there a particular product that you loved in the 1980s that we wished we could bring back today? Yes. Trapper keepers. Yes. Trapper keepers. They are everything. Tell me about your first trapper keeper. Um, it was blue with lightning strikes on it. And I think I got used by the way too. <laughs> I think I yes. used, I don't care. Cause I think, back, I think kids, you just collect them yeah. and then you just, you, know, you just share them off, whatever, but you always had to get like the cool design, whatever. And I don't know. I thought they're so cool. And I still have something like that today for my own business. You know, I have, it's not really a trapper keeper, but it Love looks like it. a trapper keeper. But it looks like a trapper keeper. Yes. They're just so handy. I don't know. I just love them. And I wish like my daughter, she goes to school with all these books and folders in her backpack. I'm like, yeah, trapper keeper. I know. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> we got to bring the trapper keeper back. My first trapper keeper had a little golden retriever puppies on it and it was green. And I had pretty massive sticker collection. I would say that the stickers that I had on my Trapper Keeper were really my prized possession stickers. You know, they're the ones I wanted to see every day. So I had the silky pig and then I had all the smelling good ones, all the smell smelly stickers, you know, so yeah. I had them aligned. So funny thing, I was obsessed with Magnum PI as a young child and I really fancied Tom Selleck. And so under one of the stickers, I put, I love, I heart Tom Selleck. And I remember peeling one of the stickers back one day and the, one of the boys in the class saw that I said, I love Tom Selleck. And everybody's like, she loves Tom Selleck. She loves Tom Selleck. And I was so embarrassed, you know, it was, you know how it is, you know, when I was, yeah. must've been like, oh God, nine, 10, you know, something like that. I was like in, I wasn't even in middle school yet. It was so but I was mortified, you know, that I had hidden, you know, underneath one of the stickers. <laughs> so that's my memory of the Trapper Keeper. But I did love my cap, my Trapper Keeper. Yeah. Hello. They need to bring him back. They need to bring him back. And then finally, you also said that, you, you know, you really loved The Karate Kid. And what an amazing movie that was. Yes. And I think Cobra Kai did the justice it needed. It was kind of nice mm. to see the different perspectives of Johnny, the character, yes. getting to know why Martin Cole was this way or John Kreese. Yeah. Why was he that way? It, it just puts a perspective because in reality, in life, that's the way life is. We see people on the outside, but we don't know what's going on at home or how they were raised. And so if someone makes you mad, we don't sometimes we just say, oh, you're just being a jerk. But it's like, right. you know, maybe that's just them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Knows? That's right. just their that's just their baseline. Maybe they appear to be a jerk, but maybe he's just a stern person. That's just he's not being a jerk on purpose. He's just right. that's his that's just right. attitude. Yeah, so. exactly. Or it's, what he's had to do to survive his yeah. home life. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, so much food for thought. Okay, so let's talk about how we can get a hold of you for our audience to get a hold of you. Yes. Our website is KatoKarateOnline.com or KatoKarateMN.com if you want to learn more about our child development stuff that we do here. I'm on Facebook. It's Facebook.com forward slash KatoKarateMN. 
Instagram is Tim Flynn, 1998. And TikTok, I believe is just Kato Karate or Kato Karate MN. I don't know. Good for remember. you. Look at you on TikTok. <laughs> TikTok's fun. To, what we do with the kids, like, hey, who wants to make a TikTok video? Me? Okay, let's make a TikTok video. Oh my goodness. That's, I, yeah, and I wish. My TikTok's yeah. nonsense for, for, for martial arts. A lot of it's just nonsense stuff, but. Yes, that's great. That's great. That's yeah. so good. That's so good. And um, if people are in the LA area in October, because this will go out before then, when is the event? And if they're in the LA area, how do they get to attend? Yeah, it's going to be held October 15th at 1.30 at the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank, California. Super, super. And so if they want to, if they want to do that, they can find it online on your website? It's not on my website yet. It should be there pretty soon. It'll okay. be online. It'll be on Facebook. I'll be on the Facebook Super. on the events page or go to Martial Arts History Museum website. It's mm-hmm. the only one in the country. Okay, so great. Click on events and he'll have the information pulled It'll up have there the information. Well. Super, yeah. super. Well, that's wonderful. Well, Tim, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story and sharing amazing Queen song with us that really, really was just such a metaphor for so many great conversations. Yes. Thank you. Well, until next time. I'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80 song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.